0: And now, here are your hosts, Katie Beth and Stan.
1: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Legacy Leaders Podcast. My name is Carol Dewey. I am a legacy leader and one of the hosts here on our podcast show. I have a special guest with me here today. His name is Ron Smuda. I've worked with Ron now for a little while in helping my clients to achieve their estate and legacy planning goals and needs. Ron is an estate planning attorney. He's a CPA and the founder of the Zmuda Law Firm. Ron, welcome to our show. Thanks for participating today.
0: Thank you, Ger, for having me.
1: Perhaps, Ron, we can start by letting you share a little bit about your background, maybe why you decided to go to law school and choose estate planning to get into.
0: Yeah. So making this story as short as possible. I mean, I grew up in an accounting background, accounting family. And then there's that adage that if you ask an accountant what one plus one is, they'll tell you two. If you ask the CPA, they said it could be three. But then if you go out and ask an attorney, the answer is always going to be the, well, what do you want it to be? So growing up in that lifestyle, just in that family accounting firm where we regularly interacted with attorneys and having already earned my undergrad and my MBA. I just looked for what was next and what was the best and just dealing with attorneys regularly in our practice who have that profound knowledge of the law, just envied them and what they're able to do. And just there's certain limitations put on, we'll say CPAs and accountants that aren't existent on attorneys that I just strove to get to the top. And then why estate planning? And I guess at first, it was just simply a parallel to tax. I was always in the tax world. It was just a parallel field. But once starting actually to practice it and get further into it, I realized that estate planning is a lot more than just simply trying to save your clients and their families money. Well, yes, that's a big advantage of estate planning. Estate planning, I really find to be relationship planning. So not only with yourself and getting to know your clients, getting to know your client's family. and It's not so much a cold transaction, but it's also relationship planning as it relates to the clients and their own families. Because so often when when a death in a family happens, it ends up driving the wedge in the family. So my job is to try to prevent that and hopefully save money and time along the way.
1: Well, that sounds great. Now would you say that you're also you mentioned your you grew up in a family where it was more on the accounting side building an accounting firm so would you say you're kind of continuing your family legacy with adding to what they've already established
0: yeah yeah i would say that would be a, a great way to put it
1: okay okay ron so you know what kind of meaning does that have for you
0: something that i often use with clients, is that what I say with estate planning is that what you're doing is giving the gift of convenience to your spouse and your kids and your family. What that means is that you right now are putting the legwork, spending the time and money so that there aren't fights, there aren't things that could potentially go wrong, whether that's something that's in your control now, in their control later. What you're doing is setting in stone what you want. And I say set in stone because a lot of estate planning, the majority of estate planning can be changed throughout your life. So it's not entirely set in stone when I say that, but what you're doing is providing your family and anyone who comes after you the gift of convenience and any way that we can help provide that is what I strive to help do.
1: Great. Great. And, you know, since I've worked with you for a little while, I know that you didn't just jump out of law school and establish your own law firm. So maybe you can give us a little idea of how you got to where you are today.
0: Yeah. So as we alluded earlier before, I worked in the, we'll say the family accounting firm for a while before going to law school. And then after that, I worked at a Amlaw 100 firm for a handful of years, working with the very best and brightest attorneys out there. And primarily the client base for that firm were the ultra high net worth clients. So we'll save 20 million plus up to hundreds of million. From there, I've transitioned to more a regional mid-sized firm that focused more on your average person, as well as those with special needs and Medicare planning so broaden the base from that standpoint. And that's where you really learned, at least what I call the true purpose of estate planning and how to build relationships as your, with your client, with the everyday person and more common problems. And then now for the past two or so years, been on my own bringing together the more advanced techniques learned from the first big firm and then the touch and the care that was learned from the medium firm.
1: Well, that's great. So, you've got that experience from some of the ultra-wealthy. Did you get to work with any celebrities?
0: I did. But you can't disclose who (laughs) they
1: are, right? I'll
0: leave that off of here.
1: (laughs) And then, so, when it comes to your ideal client, you've got the experience of working with that ultra-wealthy all the way down to maybe more of your probably what, middle-class, average American family.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So today, what would you say is your ideal client?
0: Of course, the ideal client is the one with tens of million dollars that we need advanced planning and to save their kids millions. And then I can charge tens of thousands of dollars or fee for. But of course, those are the ideal clients. But no, all kidding aside, I really want to say... That there is an ideal client absent of one who's you know willing to work, who knows for the reason why they're doing this, because one of the biggest misconceptions of estate planning is that it's only for the wealthy that I don't have millions, I don't even have hundreds of thousands. Why am I doing this? Why bother? So it's the ideal client would be someone who understands why, and why it's important for everyone. And it's my job to kind of help convey why it's so important. With the Tax Cut and Jobs Act that was passed a few years ago, which doubled the state tax exemption, and then with inflation since then, it just has skyrocketed the exemption amount. Before, it was only the wealthy who had to worry about estate taxes, but now it's only the extremely wealthy that have to worry about estate taxes. So that's not a concern for most people. But what seems to be, I shouldn't say seems to be, what is the, we'll say primary motive for the vast majority of people is probate avoidance, which is the biggest driving factor for most estate planning. And for most people who don't know, every state has its own probate laws. And generally speaking, There are great laws that instruct you how your assets should be divided when you're gone. Four we'll say four out of five times, it's exactly what you want. It goes to your spouse, to your kids, but laws change and who knows what they'll be when that day comes down the road. So estate planning for probate avoidance is saying to the government, basically, thank you, but no, thank you. That I'm going to direct how my property wants, how I want my property distributed. And not only that, probate and dealing with the probate court is extremely expensive, extremely time consuming. So any way that we can try to prevent that, prevent spending that I would much rather have a client come in who spends one, two, maybe three thousand dollars with me now, getting everything set up right, than have some their kids come down to me years down the road and say, Dad died without me knowing what to do, and then end up charging them 15 dollars $20,000, $30,000 to try to untangle a mess. So my roundabout way of saying my ideal client is someone who comes in looking to try to give that gift of convenience to their kids and willing to work.
1: Now, when you're working with these clients, do you find it's more than sometimes at least more than just trying to get their affairs in order? I mean, uh, for me, I kind of see a little bit of a trend in people really wanting to pass down maybe some of their values and virtues and things like that. Yeah, like a beyond estate planning, more more of a legacy planning. What do you want to leave behind?
0: Yeah, that is, I'll say, f- very common in we'll say business owners. It's common across the board, but it's very common in business owners and people who have created a business have employees that they have a culture that they have learned and it drive from their own personal life that they want to keep the business going but not only the business but like I said it's drive from their personal life that they want to make sure that their kids and family kind of are still involved in the same things involved in the same morals way to take care so we try to build in while you can't necessarily force a lot of things onto them. You try to build in wants and needs and then have supplemental kind of documents. And then it goes kind of back to the relationship planning that I said towards the beginning, especially if you have older children that we want to have family meetings that kind of talk about what we're doing and why we're doing it. So definitely we try to keep everyone involved and pass along the legacy, so to speak, is that you've built.
1: Right. Well, are there any like common misconceptions or things that you find that what I always call those things where people think they know that just aren't so?
0: Yeah. The biggest one is definitely that estate planning is only for the wealthy. That is something that if you have any assets at all, if you have a house, if you have, you know, anything outside of, we'll say, bare minimum, estate planning is for you. You don't necessarily need the biggest, most elaborate series of trusts and cascading things that flow into each other like the extremely wealthy do, but just estate planning in general is for you. And then the biggest, another one of the biggest misconceptions is. When we come into like special needs planning, that social workers are, do an amazing job, but they're so overwhelmed that they often provide answers that is what is easiest and not so much what is right. And the biggest example of this is oftentimes when you have a special needs child, a preaching, a Approaching age eighteen, social workers will often say, "Well, we need to give put them in a guardianship right now, but guardianships are extremely intrusive it strips the kids' rights entirely, and we try to strive to you know see that goal of goal of independence with a special need child it may or may not never come but To strip the rights right off the bat isn't what we try to do. So there's other techniques out there that we want to do. So a misconception is more that estate planning isn't necessarily for them. It's more for people who are planning for your own life, end-of-life planning, when it's really your entire holistic family planning.
1: Okay. Is there any... Do you recall any particular stories that you can share about something because of lack of planning that went horribly wrong?
0: I'll keep it general and say that just dealing with probate in the probate court, I do a a lot of probate administrations and people do not realize how costly and how much time it takes on average, and it takes about six to seven months. If you do every single thing right, it might be four months. But on average, it's six to seven months. And that's six to seven months without you having access to the money that was left behind. It just sits there in the court going on and on as you wait for it and file document after document. So The story of what goes wrong is anytime anyone has to deal with the probate courts, because it is something that can be completely avoided and have your estate set up that the next day after you're gone, that your kids are able to get your spouse, your kids are able to get to your assets and start to pay for your last expenses and, you know, receive their inheritance without having to wait so long and dip into their own pocket to pay those expenses.
1: Yeah. I've worked with families both who've had their affairs in order and those that have had to go through probate. And, you know, it's not something that's fun, especially after you've you're, you know, mourning the loss of somebody in the first place. It can be not the best situation for everyone. Is there any particular challenge that you can think of as when you're working with clients, particularly
0: Yeah, the biggest challenge that I come across is just making sure that they know that it's not just me, not just coming in, getting documents signed, and then it's done. We work with you closely, and at the very end, right after the signing meeting, the next thing we do is provide you with a a list of how to name your beneficiary designations, which if you have a lot of accounts, this is a bit of legwork. Legwork on your end, which more than happy to help and hold your hand work through, but it's still stuff that you, as the client, have to do. You have to go and talk to the banks. And if you don't do it, then, you know, a lot of what we draft is still useful, but it doesn't achieve its full potential. If, so for example, you have a trust, but even if you don't have a trust, but just using a trust as an example, if the trust never gets funded, then it's just an empty bucket sitting there waiting. So the biggest challenge is for when the client walks out of the office to make sure that they know that, you know, the job's not done. And I'm here to help them finish it, but it's not done right when you sign.
1: So would you say that's something that kind of makes you a little bit unique in that you're not just caring about the first step of the process that what we call funding the trust or funding, you know mm-hmm. making sure all those ancillary pieces happen,
0: yeah, I would say there are a lot of attorneys, a lot of attorneys that do it the right way, which I'm trying to say is to make sure that everything is funded out, but there are also those out there that are just happy to sign over the documents and then say see you later, so unfortunately, that's true, so you need to make sure you're with someone who tells you what the next step are and gives you instructions because these documents are going to be out here for hopefully, client by client, but hopefully decades along and things are going to happen. So you need to know what to do as those decades roll on to make sure the plan stays current.
1: So what do you like best about what you do in working with the clients?
0: Yeah, what I like best is relationships. You're really, it's not a cold transactional area of law. You try to get to know people. It's one that is ever and evolving. And hopefully I become your attorney, meaning if you ever have any problems, I know I'm fairly narrow. I can't come to me for when you run a speed, getting a speeding ticket, but you know, you can come to me and ask any kind of question out there and I can try to point you in the right direction. But it's just trying to build that relationship and it just not be the you know one and done churn out and you know see you later
1: right so really your ideal client is somebody that you feel like you're going to get to know very well know their family know their what they're trying their values their virtues what they're trying to leave behind and develop that lifelong relationship with exactly okay and so how do these people find you
0: certainly so, I know through you, Carol, and then I have a handful of other great relationships. But absent of those, you can find me online. My website is zlawfirm.org, zlawfirm.org. And then there's a, just contact me and reach out anytime.
1: That sounds great. Well, Ron, thanks for sharing with us today. I, I'm really happy that you were able to be available to kind of share some nuggets with us and our audiences. And I appreciate you and everything you've done for my clients as well. And I look forward to chatting with you again sometime.
0: Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure.
1: Thanks. Take care.
0: You've been listening to the Legacy Leaders Podcast with Katie Beth Hand and Stan Miller. For more information on them and the show, please visit PinnacleLegacyLaw.com. If you like what you've learned today, do share the program with your friends and subscribe wherever podcasts are found.